0: It's Happy Hour, again. From down at the Colm's Hotel in Uptown, New Orleans, at 3811 St. Charles Avenue, the Colm's Hotel is a great place to come and stay if you're coming to visit us here in New Orleans, and if you're already here, it's a great place to come and have a cocktail as we're doing now at Happy Hour. My name is Grant Morris, and my special guests this week are Matthew Name, who is a psychic. There's also lots of other things, but of course it's pointless to say that because everything pales in comparison once you say the word psychic. Among other things, Fawn Fenderson, among other things, is an animal psychic. Correct.
1: Right, I'd say communicator, but that's animal kind of communicator. Of mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Are you a human psychic, Matthew, or a human communicator?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like labels, but you can call me whatever you want,
0: because that's really, yeah. intuitive. Would well, you prefer intuitive or psychic? Whatever you're comfortable with. I'm comfortable with everything. <laughs> How long have them.
2: you been comfortable with everything, Graham? I've
0: been comfortable with everything for about three minutes since I had the last drink. And these figs, Fawn Fenderson has brought us a whole bowl of figs from her fig tree and some beautiful fresh mint to help us spend the afternoon with Sasha Mazakowski, who's here to sing. Yes, sir. Welcome to Happy Hour.
3: Welcome, thank you. Thanks and James
0: Westfall on the piano. Hey. Okay so that 's it now you are a singer, right you 're not going to say i got that wrong as well no
4: no i 'm a singer okay. i 'm a human singer you 're a
0: human singer <laughs> yeah. okay do you have any animals
4: i d- <laughs> yeah i do actually
0: how many animals have you got
4: right now i have I have two i have two pet rats
0: two pet rats
4: which yeah, which stem from me <laughs> <laughs> Which were they wild originally? Did you save no, them from no, no, a no, no kill no, shelter? No, they were snake food. I, had, I, had sna- I have always had snakes and turtles and all sorts of weird animals. And then, um, you know, one time my snake wasn't hungry. Turned mm, out he was really constipated. Awful. Yeah. How can
0: you tell when the snake's constipated? Because
4: I took him to the vet, and the vet, well, told me and then squeezed him like a tube of toothpaste from head a whole lot of to, of to shit uh. Shit came <clears> out of the anus. snake. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding you. Like, um, you know, <laughs> a mouse ball of. Who like shot out across the room like splattered wow. on the it did wall did it hit the wall of the vet's office it did hit the wall of the vet's office I and mean, it was nuts and my snake was like oh
0: Wow. <laughs> and has it happened since then, or did you just get rid of the no, snake?
4: No, I had to get rid of the snakes because I I I loved my I fell in love with this rat, man. This, the snake wasn't eating Oh, you rat. fell in love with
0: the rat, yeah. and you have to normally feed the rat to the snake. Exactly. And, and did you not like, feel whoa. bad about that before? You never felt bad about no, feeding live really, rats to a snake not before? not so much. I mean, so you suddenly a had a pang good. of conscience. You fell in love with a particular rat.
4: A particular rat, because I had this rat that was... You know, sitting around my house because the snake wasn't eating because he was constipated. So I got to know the rat. He was there for a few days. You guys
0: ever had constipation?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm still eating. No, but I've had a snake.
0: You've had a, you had a pet snake as well? Yeah. You have to move in a little so bit. I had a oh, snake. I had a,
2: had a pet snake when I was a teenager.
0: Yeah. Did it ever have constipation? Uh, no. And so, it's a really, my story did is you, really, really, really boring. You, fe- <laughs> it's hard to top the rat with
2: constipation. Exactly, I mean, a, snake a snake with, with constipation. constipation of a mouse ball and
0: splattery against the vet. for, you've never had any pet snakes, I'm sure, have you? No. And Matthew, did you have a problem feeding live rats to your snake when you had one? I would mm-hmm. have a lot of problems with that.
2: No, I was very young.
0: All right, so it was fun watching the snake eat the live rats. I thought people fed their snakes frozen rats. Mm.
4: I did. After a while, it got weird. I had like live rats living in my living room. I had frozen rats in my freezer. It was like,
0: well, that's the right like, place. What's, at what's going on? So yeah. you fell in love with the rat. You've, you had the rat running around your house, and you you got to know it. Yeah. you had formed a relationship with the rat. Yeah, and you named couldn't him lucky. feed it. Lucky he was, lucky, lucky yeah, the rat. He was lucky. And so the snake. Well, I guess you have to get rid of the snake then and let some poor other sucker feed it rats.
4: Kind of, yeah.
0: Who got the snake?
4: Well, for a while, my mom did. My mom like fell in love with the snake, and then I guess she had guilt about it too, and she ended up. I don't know. She said a herpetologist showed up at her door one day, and she was like, "Here, have my snake." <laughs>
5: a
0: herpetologist when, showed up at door, which is a person who collects right. snakes, or
4: yeah, somebody who studies snakes.
2: That really so. sounds like the we took the dog to the country story. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Ah, I see um, the herpetologist. <laughs> <laughs>
4: My mom's German, so she wouldn't lie
0: about that sort of thing. <laughs> you mean?
4: No. Well, you know, she's a real German from German actually is. from Germany. You yeah, <laughs> like a, not a fake German, but like <laughs> no, but I mean not someone who was born <laughs> yeah. here and no, her grandparents yeah, no, were from she, Germany. Yeah, no, no, she yeah, was yeah. actually she's from Germany.
0: Yeah, so a real yes. German person isn't going to make up a story about the herpetologist. Is that what you saying? Right. No. I, yeah. Well, I wonder what I the German not. for herpetologist is. It's
4: basically.
0: You do speak a little bit of German, at least that much.
4: I, I understand more
0: of it. So anyway. you don't know the word for herpetologist. I don't. Well, this has <laughs> been a pretty interesting first couple of minutes of the show. I'd say, I didn't think we were going to go down the road of, of you having a pet snake and the snake having constipation and giving all over the vet's Well, Do you pay more to the vet if you have to clean up the snake shit off the... <laughs>
4: no, I don't think so. Don't you know need. she didn't?
0: That wasn't no itemized surcharge. in the bill?
4: No, yeah, no. I, th- I think Not that's... Not really?
1: No.
0: Fawn, could you tell if an animal had constipation?
1: Could I tell? Yeah.
0: Not veterinary-wise. I mean... Communicatively. How did you like that for a word?
1: In some ways, I could, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: What would the various ways be?
1: Well, what I would do is uh, I would scan their body um, intuitively to see if there were any blockages, and, and it would show up that way. I, I would, so it's
0: like a mental x ray? Kind of. Yes. Can you do that right now to anybody else, like um, Matthew?
1: I'm a little too nervous. <laughs> <laughs> could
0: you, though? You could sit here and do a scan of Matthew and see if you had constipation? I could. Really? Mm-hmm. Could you tell if I had eaten a fig in the last five minutes? No. What can you see when you do that?
1: Uh, it's not really that I see something. It's more that I know it. Okay. And um, and I feel it. So So the, the point is really um, everyone who's able to uh, intuit things, does it in different ways. Some people see things, some people hear things. Me, I know things and I feel things.
0: You feel, what would you feel for constipation? What's the sort of feeling?
1: I would feel a blockage.
0: You feel constipated? No,
1: well, I could. Yeah. It depends on, on the link that I had with the, the being. Snake, mm-hmm. snake mm-hmm, in yeah. this case. Mm-hmm.
0: Now how would I go about, or well, how would Sasha go about finding out if the. Well, do you still have the rat?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: What's the rat's name? I have lucky. Difference. You have lucky and?
4: Yeah, lucky and ugly.
0: Lucky and ugly? Yeah.
4: Well, yeah what an awful
0: pretty... name to give a rat. I Is know. he ugly or yeah, she ugly? she's kind of ugly. She's ugly? Yeah. Does she know that? No. Do rats understand things for them?
1: Absolutely.
0: Oh, boy. Yes. So just the rat knows that Sasha's calling it ugly.
1: Yes. And that she thinks it's ugly. But, I mean, ugly oh. could have a different
4: context. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> ugly in that ugly duckling sort of...
1: Well, how is that? Good? Well, that could know. depend on how she communicates that concept to her. If she, right. if she says, "Oh, you're ugly," but it's kind of like in a cute way.
0: I love you, you ugly little rat, mm-hmm. like that. Right. Then the rat would think that ugly is okay.
1: Right. It depends so do, on the the um, uh, the feeling that she's getting from it. But her. does the
0: word "ugly" mean something to a
1: rat? I don't know how to answer that. A different uh, different beings are going to. They actually do hear what they're saying, but my impression, my belief is that that they're getting an energy vibration rather than hearing the actual words. Um, you know, like translating in a right. way. Right.
0: So they don't speak English. This rat doesn't speak English. Not necessarily. It it's what part of the city do you live in, Sasha? Mid-city. Mid-city. Just but, but
1: they do, actually, they do, they do. You know, if sometimes when I'm communicating with animals, they know exactly what's going on, and they can tell you, um, oh, my mom goes to work at 9 o'clock every day, and that sort of thing. Um, so, to say if they speak English or not, you know, it just depends. I know that but sounds a little flaky. No, but. well,
0: not really. It doesn't because it, anything can understand that someone's leaving the house. I mean, that's pretty mm-hmm. basic. I don't know whether they can really tell you that it's 9 o'clock in the morning or, they, or whatever it is. That's a different issue. But it's another thing to understand an adjective, isn't it? Like, an adjective? Like ugly. Is ugly an adjective, by the way? It is, isn't it? Help me out. <laughs> it's got to be. Yes. <laughs> You're an ugly rat. That is mm-hmm. an adjective, right? Right. So that's... That requires the understanding of languages. The word "ugly" or, or anything that's not just, um, you know, physical.
2: Well, uh, yes, Matthew. every word has a vibration. Okay. So, every almost I think everything sentient is going to have some sort of relationship with vibration. Whether something feels feels good or something feels bad, the more complex you get into language, the more the, the the more the vibration gets defined and refined, and we have all these intuitions, we have double entendres. we have all this different stuff with language. I mean, if you want to talk about language, we could get a linguistic anthropologist in here, and we could really go to town. But I mean, it's it's it gets a little it gets a little crazy when you try to figure out exactly how you communicate with people of different languages. Well, especially, yeah. especially when you're talking to someone who's deceased. Because there's people who come through that don't speak English, but you hear them in English because they're sending vibration. See so you're talking. So the about vibration translation happens in your head, not necessarily from, from. It's not a mental thing on their part that they're sending. How, they're just sending how does vibration. The, this, is not dead, sending words. this is
0: a dead person who you're talking to in another language, who right. is being instantaneously translated, like the UN.
2: We'll say yeah. We'll just we'll just agree with that. Uh. Okay. So, <laughs> how's
0: somebody who doesn't speak English finding you from the beyond the grave somewhere? How could they not? Mm, don't know the answer to that one. How could someone? How does somebody find you? Are you looking for them? Somebody who speaks German, for example, your grandfather, your mom's father. Is he is he alive or dead?
3: He's, he's
0: deceased. He's deceased. So he could be. He's a German speaker, I assume. Mm-hmm. So well, he would probably just be following her.
2: And then when someone, is, when someone is able to feel his communication, he would just jump in. And sometimes it's, like, really crazy because you, I've, had, I've had people tell me that, you know, so-and-so died. And they've sort of walked through their day of chores. And, like, six different people told them all the same sort of thing or concentrated on one like weird like thing that that per... That you mean
0: six other psychics?
2: No, 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 like six different, like the retail store person that would get into a conversation and all of a sudden the retail uh. store person would just blurt something out. Um, like I, when my friend Gerald tries to get a hold of me, I, I always find myself around Casablanca lilies. It could be dead of winter and I'll walk into a store and there'll be Casablanca lilies because they were, they filled the house when he was dying and that was his flower. And it, it's just really, really bizarre. He'll be heavily on my mind, and then I'll walk into a store out of the blue, like the pizza shop. And, <laughs> yeah, I know. Casa Blanca right. at a pizza shop in okay. the middle of winter in Provincetown. It's kind of a weird thing, right? But no, I mean, you're thinking about Gerald two days in a row, and then all of a sudden I walk in, and it's like, oh, Gerald, okay. So the whole thing with language communication, I mean, how many times has someone that you've deeply loved or cared about has said more to you with a simple look than, you know, sitting down and talking to you for an hour. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, communication is, is, I mean, that's a whole, that's, that's Right. feel and free you, to jump in. You
1: can take it back even further. Um, there is a belief that in the beginning, whenever that was, we all communicated um, without words, uh, with vibration, and that language was created to separate us. And
0: Who created it?
1: At the moment, I don't recall.
0: But was we, is there some sort of a creator that you guys both believe in? I'm an atheist, so you don't believe in this. You I believe, believe in, you believe in the spirit world, but that it doesn't have a right. I don't believe cr- that there's. A, I, don't, I
2: don't believe there's a dictator. Okay, I Fawn? guess is the easiest way to Do put you?
0: it.
1: It's a very difficult question to answer <laughs> <laughs> okay what I would say in answer to that is we are all one,
0: but not one in anything in particular, just we're connected in some yes way. there
1: there is we are one and we are all connected, and yes, there is a um, there is a god goddess. Um,
0: There's two Entity There's um, a god and goddess As you said There's a male and God has a sex
1: It is the same
0: There's not two gods then. There's not a god and a goddess There's one
1: No There's one God
0: Okay
2: yes. Alright I want to change my
0: answer to hers You're going to You're going to revise your answer Yeah You know you believe in You're not an atheist I'm not a am You're not an atheist <laughs> Well that was quick <laughs> Sasha you don't You don't have any Deeply held religious beliefs Do you I mean Yeah you do? Oh. I
4: mean, it's, it's, it's sort of on the, the <laughs> <side>. <laughs> I mean. Oh, I know
2: you from the meetings. <laughs>
4: <clears throat> no, I was raised a, um, I was raised a Christian scientist. You guys know what that is?
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. No. It's I know cool. what science is and Christianity. What's the combo?
4: Well, it's neat because it's like, sort of instilled a very, um, I guess, mind over matter um, was always ingrained in my head and. You know, that we are I mean there's definitely a spirit entity and a, you know a form and we are you know reflected in that form and we are at you know at one with that
0: do you feel that singing when and, you sing
4: um you know kind of I mean I think when you when you're playing music you you sort of you, you get lost you know in another world I mean and it's the same thing with communicating I mean you're communicating through music, it's not—it's a language of its own, you know. And let's it's do a little. Let's do efficient. some
0: musical communication. As soon as sure. you finish that fig, doesn't oh. oh. it mm-hmm. taste great? Mm-hmm. It was delicious. I know, delicious mm-hmm. fresh mm-hmm. figs from the Maroni, Fogo Maroni.
4: You
0: Just guys speak. ready? What would you? Yeah, like to, what would you like to play? I'm
4: going to start with a Brazilian song. Okay. Yeah, it's called Canto Gia Sange. Actually. It's a song about um, the gods and the Orishais in in Brazil, these deities, and the basic meaning behind the song says, um, the one who speaks the most actually has the least to say. So it kind of plays hand-in-hand with what we're talking about. And I should say that James um, came up with this arrangement and every time we play it, we, we arrange it a little bit different on the spot, which makes it so cool. O
3: homem que diz tu não dá porque quem é mesmo não diz O homem que diz tu não vai Por quando foi já não quis O homem que diz tu não é porque quem é mesmo e não sou O homem que diz tu não dá dong tong tong la long Tu vai se arrepender, amigo Senhor. Sara um Homem mandou lhe dizer: Se encanto de sanha na fé, oito vai ser arrebene, percante pro seu morisá. O amor, sou
0: What is the name of the song, Sasha?
4: Canto Giocania by Baden Powell.
0: By not by Sir. Sorry. Not by Arthur Baden Powell, the guy who invented the Boy
4: Scouts. (laughs) No, not that I. uh.
0: By somebody called Baden Powell.
4: Yeah, that's right. Who is that? Baden Powell is a Brazilian, phenomenal Brazilian guitar player. Still with us, or? Yeah, I believe so.
0: We could ask Matthew. Is he still alive? (laughs) I thought you could find out somehow. (laughs) You know somebody contacted me. You don't speak Portuguese. No. What happens when someone from Portuguese, who speaks Portuguese, context, you? just can feel what they're saying without speaking Portuguese yourself.
2: Right. If they spoke Portuguese to me, I would never. (coughs) If they spoke
0: Portuguese to me, I would never know what they're talking about. No idea. At all. The thing about being able to get in touch with other people. um, Well, let me ask you this because this is something I've wanted to know for a long time. Is that do we get reincarnated? Do we come back? a bit of a stumper, there. I yes. Yes, we do. Yes. Matthew. Cool. It's a pretty much but, of a yes/no uh, question, I think.
2: Not really. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. Are, the real, the real question is: Are we ever really here?
2: No.
0: Okay. Go ahead.
2: No, go, <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for your answer. I,
0: I, the, I'm supposed well, to no, answer I mean, that. <clears throat>
2: Well, I mean, well, oh God, how do you how do you even begin to approach this question? There, are many many different sciences, whether it's psychology. I well, we'll, we'll just presume that psychology is actual science. Um, psychologists have this thing about the the super super it or the godhead, and they have the you know. Um, this
0: better somehow get back to the question right, of whether get, reincarnation get, whether somehow, well, so, okay, just, so, somehow. So okay, so so. I'm not seeing it.
2: Okay okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh, let me see. Let me put it to you this way. Have you ever watched yourself do something? mm mm-hmm. okay, so we can sort of agree. you may be aware of what you're doing something doing. that
0: you think this is a really stupid idea, but I'm going to do it anyway, or something like that well
2: that or just you know when you're when you're when you're watching something on or you're reading something have you ever watched yourself watch something there's this observer that's in you it's called the spirit, and your spirit is supposed to be you know as big as everything it takes up a star so how could all of that massive energy of consciousness actually fully fit into this physical form? So when your physical form dies, it isn't that you really go away. It's just your outlet here is, is missing, so you just need to find another outlet. And that's basically what this bag of meat that we're occupying is.
4: Sort of like we're all, it's like a giant continuum, right?
2: Well, right. But I mean, the, the other thing, too, is like, you know, how much of your spirit is actually here, present on the earth plane? That's that's my that's my big question. This also gets back to, the, do, do you really believe in God? Because I, th- I think our spirits are so huge that when we're actually asking something, we're asking pretty much our higher selves um, for the direction or for the manifestation or for whatever we're working on to, to come forth and take place. And it's that bigger sense of spirit And I'm not talking from an ego perspective, but from our spiritual perspective i you know we think that we're here and we're present, but if we're really energy, then how much energy is really fitting into this physical space we're okay. occupying
0: well. Pretty much, you'd have to admit that we're actually sitting around a table talking right now, right?
2: Yes, I, I completely so, conclude. That I right, can, okay. Yeah, so, I concede that point. Okay,
0: so that if we have some spirit that's larger than what fits into our bodies, which is what you're saying, it's all connected with everybody else's somewhere up and outside us. Is that what you're saying? I, th- I think we're so. We're all connected. That's what you were saying earlier, Fawn. I think you right. said that, right? We're yeah, all connected in right. some way. And this is the way in which we're all connected. Our spirits are larger than our bodies and are somehow intermingling. Is that what you believe
1: it's, a, you? it's more complicated than that. <laughs> it, it's simple but it's but it's more complicated than that it's complicated to explain that all right
0: that. well let's get let's move on or move back to where i was yeah. before if the spirit is outside the body which it is is which is what you're both saying and you believe that when we die physically we physically die then the spirit comes back and as somebody or something else that you believe that for me.
1: Yes, and um, just as an example um, when one of my cats left um, and this kind of goes with what Matthew is talking about too um, and I communicated with him After his death After his death, yes He he was on the spirit plane not in a physical body He had not reincarnated He has not yet to this day reincarnated and he it's been four years because he has things to do on the spirit plane that he's doing. Now, he explains them to us in ways that in 3D we can, um, that accommodates us in 3D. So he says that he's taking classes and he's doing this and doing that. The cat's
0: taking classes. Oh, okay, yeah, now on we're the going down an interesting road yes. here. The cat is taking mm-hmm. classes in a spirit plane. That's quite an interesting sentence. Right. Does it mean, can you explain it?
1: It means that he is uh, basically transmuting to a different... Um,
0: I don't know. We've got transmuting in there. A,
1: a different energy b- direction. Maybe that's the best okay, it. Okay, let's break it
0: down then. The cat's taking classes. Right. That worries me right there. Have you ever taught a cat anything? Have I? Yeah. Sure. Do cats take classes? Sasha, you agree agreeing with that? You can teach a cat things?
1: I, I, I mean, yeah.
2: Well, maybe not your cat's class. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm not really a cat person but I didn't think you could teach a cat anything sure okay so the, what sort if, of cl-
1: if they're willing and, and yeah. that's that's in their plan so the cat so the it. cat's
0: on this other plane and he's not mm-hmm. physical anymore so we don't right. know what he looks like really it's like a spirit right so is there a classroom
1: I go ahead I,
0: yes I think I think it's a different form of classes okay what is it what is the form of classes I don't mean to be mean. I'm not being mean by asking these questions, am I? No. I'm Do just I sound to, stupid? Or? No, no, no. No, 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 It's, it's trying to... Ex- i trying to read your expression here.
2: It's trying to... Well, I don't want to stomp on her story or her explanation. Um, but from my perspective, when, when people say that, you know, they go into the spirit realm and they, they, they take classes, a lot of times it's... Sometimes it's just as simple as being able and learning how to hold a vibration of, you know, pure positive love and energy and also communing with the other fragments of big balls of, you know, energy yes. and spirit. Uh, are and you so surprised? They
0: can, they can They can pass. Are we surprised <coughs> when we die and we go up to the, no. and we have to take classes to get used to it? Is that what you Okay, saying? I'll
2: tell you the Marilyn Monroe story. Okay. This is uh, this really, really phenomenal but whacked out.
0: This uh, is a human being. This is yeah. not a cat corner. No, no, no. right. This is okay.
2: a this is a real this is a real life this is a real life person, and this is what she told me. She said, Do you know why everyone comes in and they swear to God they've had a past life experience and that they were Marilyn Monroe? And I said, Why? And she goes, Well, it's sort of like and a a few a few spirits have done this, when they their their life was so big and so tragic and so full of lessons that when they got up into the spirit realm, they just basically Laid no more claim to the identity, and they just opened up that experience and threw it out to the cosmos, so everyone could learn from it and grow from it. So they actually have these memory reservoirs oh. in their. So it's we're like, all it's a like, little bit of Marilyn Monroe. Exactly. So it's oh, like. Oh, I see. That's so a nice way of looking at it. We're so all. A little,
0: yeah. Because we're all one, so we've all got a little bit of Marilyn Monroe in Yeah. Because she had such a huge and exciting life. Yeah, that explains your legs. Is there someone? Do people have huge and exciting lives (laughs) who we don't who aren't famous? I mean, that's an easy one because they're famous, you know. Like, is their life really much more exciting than ours? I don't think so.
2: I think I think the lessons the lessons in life are pretty much the same for everybody. It's just that some people um, get a lot of press coverage with it.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Isn't Isn't my life just as exciting as Marilyn Monroe's? Except, you know, I didn't have sex with the president, as far as you know. You know, I mean, really. I mean, as far as on a more of a on a human level, isn't everyone's life kind of the same? Yeah. Except she goes, you know, it looks more exciting because people are following her around, or Angelina, Angelina Jolie, or whatever, with a camera.
1: With a camera. Yeah. Right. So it
0: looks yeah. exotic, you know. If somebody followed me around with a camera, my life would look fabulous. Walking the dog, <laughs> eating the figs here on the table. But I mean, you know what I mean. No, I, I, Do we, I, are we really even in the spirit world? We're impressed with Marilyn Monroe, for goodness' sake.
2: It's not so much the. It's not so much the impression. Being impressed with Marilyn Monroe is, is as it is. I think being being able to throw that experience out there because it was done at such a heightened level.
1: Yeah. I think that it's what he's, he's saying me. is, he uses, and whoever told him that uses Marilyn Monroe as a person who. Is recognizable. It, if you were someone else, I mean, I, I could speak with Matthew about Saint Germain or someone else, and he would, and use that as a reference point. Um, it's just a known entity, a known quanti- quantity. You know, someone that everyone knows who that is, and can identify with. What was our original question?
0: Well, I was getting I was getting to this original question about reincarnation because this yeah. is what I actually want to find out about. Is if you believe in reincarnation, which you do, and I'm not sure whether you believe in it or not, Matthew, exactly. Because well, I don't
2: believe that we're ever
0: really dead. I just think that we're. Okay. Our meat so dies. But we have to have some.
1: Well, that would. Let, let's define reincarnation then. Okay, coming. If incarnation means you come into the physical. So if you are reincarnating, it means you are coming back into the physical, meaning back into the three dimensions. Right. Three dimension. Oh, yeah, I
2: totally believe in that.
0: I agree with that. Definition. Sasha, do you agree with that Definition. James, you happy with that definition of reincarnation?
6: Uh, yeah, I don't know if I believe in the physical format.
0: What do you believe in?
6: Um, I mean, I believe once we're dead, then it's over. Yeah,
0: There's no spirit that well, lives I on. Well, I do
6: believe in a spiritual world, but I don't, I don't believe in, I guess, the traditional reincarnation thing of, of us coming back as a different person or an ant or an animal. Or
0: Does that happen, Fawn? Do we come back as an animal or an ant? You can, yes. Haha, uh-huh, James. There. How do you say that? <laughs>
6: I mean, you know, I don't think there's any evidence that proves or disproves one or the other. I think that's a
0: very interesting point. Is there evidence that proves or disproves it, Fawn?
1: I take a big sigh because <laughs> <laughs> the evidence is there. It's a matter of what you're willing to accept.
0: What would you be willing to accept, James, if Fawn could tell you something that your cat said? I mean.
6: Yeah, I guess I'd have to see it to believe it kind of thing.
0: Well, that's the well, question is, what would you believe?
6: Um, if I came back and I was conscious of my previous life, maybe?
1: Um, it doesn't work that way, sorry. Well, actually, I
2: mean, that, that involves conscious. Right. And that's, that's, that's a whole different other topic.
0: Oh, dear, is it? Yeah. You just don't there's know. Many, there's there's many, many, it's very slippery. The thing is, it's <clears> like,
2: I don't, I don't see
0: why
6: <throat> any of us in, on this table have to make the rules of <laughs> what can or can't happen. I mean... I mean, I guess we won't know until the next life.
0: Do we ever know? That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Do we ever really know? I, I or
6: think do this, you just believe
0: it?
2: I think this gets back to what he's his, his main point is, is that you have to have a real experience with it before. I, I hope to goodness that you have a real experience with it before you start just believing anything. Um, well, how so, did I you mean, start believing that
0: it, Matthew? How did you begin to believe that there was a spirit world that you could communicate with, including dead people?
2: Well, I saw a lot of stuff when I was little. What did you see? Uh, dead people.
0: Like the movie? Mm. I see dead people.
2: That movie is really glamorized. And <laughs> has
0: it ruined it for you? Yeah. So what did you that. see? You saw someone sitting around like a table like this with were. No, their I, would
2: see, I would see people on the windows, and I lived on the second. In my bedroom was on the second floor. Um, I, I would just see all kinds of crazy, weird stuff, and it was more than just you know childhood imaginings. Um, and you know, and then once, um, well, I woke up dead when I was twenty-three. So that was I woke up dead, dead, when dead when I was 23. twenty-three.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent sentence. What does that mean?
2: I don't know. It'd probably be, be there. Write a song. <laughs> yeah, write that down. <laughs> I know. I woke I like up
0: dead that. when I was twenty-three. That is a great that's line, great. isn't it? Do you want to write that down? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, can you her, remember that? Can, give can her a <laughs> <laughs> How did it feel to wake up dead? Better? Uh, did you feel great?
2: No, I felt really, really, really awful really so feeling dead is crap no feeling i think i think i think feeling dead could be absolutely wonderful but i when i woke up i was in a blinding flashing light it was about six feet above my bed and i was looking around and i saw my life and i absolutely just hated it and i just started screaming and then when i started screaming i was back in my body
4: so that sounds like astral projection i mean that used to happen to me as a kid I remember so vividly, I would get fevers, like a little kid, I would get crazy, like I get the flu and I get these like 100 degree fevers and I would actually leave my body and I would go up to the corner and I loved the feeling of it. And I knew every time I got sick, I was like, oh great. And I just had to concentrate on one image on the wall and I would literally leave my body and I would be up at the corner of the room and I'd be looking down on myself
0: and you liked that. You enjoyed that. Oh, it was did, fun. It was
4: such a, it was such a thrill. You know, did
2: she probably liked her life better than I liked mine? at
4: that
0: yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, did you, do you But now, what happened after you stopped getting the fevers? Can you still do it?
4: No, I can't anymore. So you need I to I get a hundred degree fever it. to do that. Yeah. Well, I've had fevers and I just can't. I can't seem to. So what do you think? What stopped? I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's an age thing or if it's a, a like a disconnect from the, you know, the, your own spiritual. Side or something. I mean, I know I know friends who can still. And of course, there's tons of books on astral projection. And my dad is in Your a band in a called, called Astral, astral Projection. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. But um, you, you
1: know, can do it. You can get it back. How do you? I, I how know, do you, yeah. just, How would you? You get just that have back? to practice. How yeah. do you do
0: it? Yeah. How would you get it back? Well, how, if someone's listening to this and they are interested in leaving their body or being <laughs> aware that we've already left our body, say so yeah. you have to be very careful what you say here. Right. Is there a technique?
1: Um, well, it depends on what's needed for each person. Um, for her, the best thing to do would be to to go inward and um, meditate and and find that place. And whatever it takes for her to do that, um, she could try. I could um, it take LSD. Uh, uh, no. no, no, no. Don't mess with that. Um, she could try some energy treatments. Oxycotton uh, works might better. Help. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Energy treatment.
1: Yeah, energy treatments um, like Reiki or Shambhala. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. Shambhala. Mm-hmm.
0: What's that? Sort of a drink with lime.
1: <laughs> Shambhala is the same. Is like Reiki, but it's a, just a different frequency.
0: Okay, we're in a whole different world here. For, I'm going to come back for one, and I'm going to ask you. I want to ask you a question about how you got into all this as well, because we didn't get to that point. But first, we're going to move into the musical world again for a moment. Sure. What do you guys think about that? For an idea, James. Sure. You're looking a bit dazed there. Are you no, okay?
6: It's, it's, just, it's a pretty heavy topic, you know? Mm-hmm. Too heavy? Yeah. Uh, not
0: too heavy. Okay. Well, well, we will were... lighten it up. Man. Let's lighten it up with something. <laughs> lighten it up. <laughs> Come on, oh. would you mind?
4: I was going to sing a, kind of a dark song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I what think the it hell? goes with the topic. Okay. Um, I wrote this song about, if, or I wrote this song originally about um, a friend of mine who would just overcome a huge, you know, adri- addiction, um, drug addiction and almost lost her life. And then it was um, sort of watching her and helping her sort of regain her, you know, her her mind and her, you know, and her reality. So it's called Back to Paradise. And I brought it into the band, and um, James sort of took it and said, yeah, this is cool. Let's expand the song and let's expand the format. And James has studied composition under Terrence Blanchard for a long time and, you know, is a phenomenal composer. So he's really kinda helped open up a lot of things. So uh, so I like to say we wrote this together. I mean it's gone back to paradise. <clears throat>
3: inside of my head and i'm chasing my mind or just trying to find some beauty within this morning is
5: You almost
0: feel bad clapping, don't you? It's almost like demeaning. That is absolutely beautiful. When did you find out that you could do that?
3: Um, do... Sing and sing? just <laughs>
0: sit there and be sitting there talking, eating a fig and drinking, what is it, a mint julep?
4: Oh, it's a gin and tonic, but we have fresh tonic. mint that I threw. Oh,
0: you threw some mint some in the gin and tonic. How does that taste, actually? any good? Delicious. And then you could just sort of open your mouth and do that. That's crazy.
4: Yeah, um... When did I, yeah it's it's cool it's a beautiful thing
0: it is a beautiful yeah, thing and how so did you fun. figure out that you could do it did it just happen did yeah. you have to go to school for it or did you just realize you could sing one day
4: no I you know I was it's a funny story I mean I grew up playing all these instruments my mother is a, a pianist and my father is a guitar player and so professionally you know both of them and um, so I guess I was always just drawn to music and always was playing music and I you know I took violin lessons I took piano lessons and and I really wasn't happy until I joined a choir when I was a little bitty girl, and I thought it was so cool that um, you could create the same chord structure that you take when you play a chord on the piano by aligning like different voices up, you know. And you, it's just I, I'm just fascinated with the voice as an instrument. So, which is why I do a lot of improvisation. And
0: and it's way better than having to lug something around and that's, as a musician, yeah. <laughs> like this giant <laughs> piano we had to plug in here, right. and there were drums. The I would imagine if yeah, you're a drummer. Totally. It's, so you just discovered that when you joined the choir, then you were a little kid.
4: Yeah, I just... So you I, were... I loved it. I but you were learning instruments as
0: a little kid, obviously. Yeah. Because you'd already and, and, messed around with the piano and the violin. Yeah,
4: and, a little bit here and there. And then um, as I grew a little older in middle school, I started taking dance lessons. And then in high school, I actually... Um, dance and acting, and then when I when I was in high school, I went to NOCA, which is the New Orleans Center for Creative Arts, and I studied musical theater because I thought it was cool that it combined dancing, acting, and then you dancing. realize it
0: isn't cool; it's awful.
4: Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. It's the worst musical Pretty theater. Much. Who invented that? Yeah. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Thank yeah. God knows, you got that right? behind you. Yeah. Could you imagine I mean, no, yeah. what a hell oh, totally, that would be? Totally. Imagine if you fell in love with a mime.
4: Oh. Wow. Well, that would be. It would be even, yeah, worse, be even worse, wouldn't it? <laughs> <That's
0: laughs> I right. know. Right. Thank God. So, so now you just can. You're, are you a jazz singer? Is that what you call yourself?
4: Um. Yeah. I do actually. Yeah. I. You know. I also studied it in college and stuff. And I just. Um. I love jazz music. I love the the freedom that it gives me. You know. It can. I mean, obviously, the last song is is. You could almost say that's a little more of a singer songwriter. It's not so jazzy in a sense, but. Um, you know, I think that's what's cool about jazz is that it's very progressive and it just, you know, it, it combines so many different it aspects. Must be of pretty music. cool
0: to be able to say I'm a jazz singer, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it is pretty cool. Well, I think
0: it is, and you're a jazz it's piano this, like, player. Yeah, James.
4: Well, actually, or a vibraphonist. Yeah, Australian?
0: he's a vibraphonist. That's an even cooler sentence. Yeah. I'm a jazz vibraphonist. Is that on your tax form? You put that? We just uh, put no, musician. I know,
6: just musician. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's actually my second instrument. Vibraphone is my first instrument, but find there's more work for piano than the vibraphone so i, I would
0: think there probably would be although it's a rare it's a rare commodity being a vibraphone player
6: yeah i mean i think the only time that somebody's called me because they needed a specific vibraphonist was when i did a gig at harris casino with uh, joe piscopo <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow what a sad world yeah. But other vibraphone other than, players. Other than Joe Piscopo, why did Joe Piscopo want a, a vibraphone player? Is the more interesting I, I question, it, probably.
6: His arrangements were just very specific for a vibraphonist There was actually vibraphone charts. It said vibraphone in the corner.
0: Does Joe so Piscopo he, sing?
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does a Sinatra kind of oh, comedy skit. It's music and comedy, you know, the old Vegas style, you know. So.
0: Well, I guess it was worth the going to school and learning to play the vibraphone yeah. for that for the Joe Piscopo <laughs> the gig one, at Harris Casino. One gig, yeah. What do you do normally with the vibraphone, then?
6: Um, I kind of, I guess, play and try to inspire people to want them to have a vibraphone in their band. It's, uh, <laughs> I have to almost create a market for it, you know.
0: But it's, a, it's a standard jazz instrument, in a way. Bobby Hutchison and, and Lionel Hampton yeah, were both it's,
6: great. It's a standard instrument, but it, it's not an instrument that, that actually had has had specifically... Like, for instance, Louis Armstrong never had... Uh, um, vibraphone is band. Preservation Hall's never had vibraphone in its history, in their band. So there's just
0: these occasional standout players. Yeah and, yeah, and I know both their names already, and that's it. There's nobody else.
6: Right. Yeah. I mean, like Duke Ellington never had vibes in his band, or Count Basie orchestras.
0: So. How did you get attracted to it then? Who was the person who got you excited about? It? I
6: think it was my grandfather. He had a big record collection, and I was playing a little bit of piano and I was playing percussion at the same time, and he he somehow scored me a vibraphone from From the school he was teaching, it was an old like 1930s vibraphone that they were throwing away, and so he got it for free. And then he said, "Here's Lionel Hampton records," you know, and I listened to them, and that kind of inspired me, seeing the instrument and hearing it. And
0: so Lionel Hampton was the record. guy that got you into it, and mm-hmm. was it your your grandfather stole it?
6: Yeah, yeah. He um, wait, that what?
0: When I when I <laughs> took it, requisitioned it from the school. What school was this?
6: It's some some public school in Dallas, in the Dallas area.
0: A Texan vibraphone. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem to go. What well, they have, it's not really a gun kind of a story.
4: James is also a barbecue master, I should mention.
0: Are you really a Texas barbecue master and vibraphone? Yes. So? Yeah. That's a better skill, probably. Yeah. I mean, as far as having employment.
6: Yeah. I mean, you don't
0: have to wait for Joe Piscopo to show up at Harris to, to have a job as a, as a grill master. To
6: request a brisket for yeah. his rider, <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you, do, you don't do that for a living, though. You're a jazz musician. Yeah,
6: I just, I just do it as a hobby.
0: You know. Well, we'll come over to your place after then. Yeah, definitely. Are you guys both vegetarians, Fawn and, and Matthew? No. You're not. I am. Fawn, you're a vegetarian. Yes. Matthew, you don't. So
2: that's why I don't do um, animal communication anymore.
0: Because you eat them. <laughs> you used to do animal communication, and then you. I
2: was a vegetarian for seven years. Can you? Can we turn you up <clears throat> a little bit? Am I on? Am I no? Oh.
0: Try that. Hey. Oh, there oh, we go. Oh, that's better. You, sorry,
2: you were a what for seven years? I was a vegetarian for because seven years.
0: And then at that point, while you were a vegetarian, you talked to the animals. Yeah. And then you decided you want to start eating them, so you had to <laughs> stop talking to them. Well, Or I, was it the other way around?
2: I... I, I, I I went to Australia, I was traveling six months, and then... Oh, those Australians were. Uh, yeah. You it. can't really eat anything that doesn't have pig on it down there. Really? Yeah, it was very very difficult. Um, <laughs> and eventually then I came back, and then I, I had some health issues, and I just got tired, and I was living by myself, and it was just so hard. And then I wasn't doing a lot of readings, I uh, wasn't doing a lot of psychic work, and I started eating meat again, and then... So I haven't gotten back into any kind of animal communication because I eat them. Okay,
0: but
1: you'll, you should do Go to it. Good answer. Finally, I recommend that you do because they are very, um, no, I, they're, I, they're very understanding, I, I, I no, and it's I, part I of what makes the world work.
2: I, I have noticed that well, New Orleans, it, it, being in school, it's a little hard to, to to be a strict vegetarian. But I have I have gotten much more back into my vegetarian diet. So are you I I saying the Animals better.
0: understand that we eat them.
1: Absolutely, they eat other animals. It's, so they're cool it, with that. Yes.
0: Okay. so What
1: they don't like is, is the cruelty that's involved right. with the, the, the raising and the, uh, the treatment. And the, but there's
0: so many million of us now, or billions of us. I mean, we have to do something if we're going to feed everybody in America. We, well, we have to have I'm not sl-
1: really prepared to go into that conversation. Well, let's not right have now. that
0: conversation. Let's <laughs> have the other conversation, which is the question I was going to ask you some minutes ago. You're an attorney as well as being an animal yes. communicator. You weren't always an animal communicator and you weren't always an attorney, but you've been an attorney for a lot longer than you've been an animal communicator. That's true. How, did you, how do you make the transition there? What do people think now when they say, oh, yes, Fawn Fenderson, she's my attorney, and also she talks to animals?
1: Well, most of my clients don't know that I talk to animals. Only a very few do. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, so you're now on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably no one listens to this thing anyway. So, But are you concerned that people know that about you? You think they're going to think you're crazy now?
1: No, um, I don't think I, I'm not concerned that they'll think that I'm crazy. Um, I am who I am, and they have to accept who, th- who that is. Um, I would like to believe that the person that I am comes across, regardless of, of what label I put on myself.
0: Well, part of your compassion, and yes, Matthew.
2: What kind of law?
1: I uh, practice estates, okay, successions, things related to that.
0: Strangely enough, so you've been attracted to the other side for a long time.
1: <laughs> I guess. I wouldn't say that I was attracted to it that way through law, but, <laughs> but that's, it seems to have be, a connection. Is it more than right. a coincidence
0: um, that you were drawn toward the law that surrounds death, and now you have
1: to think about that? It's a curious um, synchronicity.
0: So, what did you? What was the day you discovered that you had some affinity for having conversations with the animals?
1: That day was uh, when I wanted to communicate with my cat that had passed over. His name is Freddie. I think that you've met him. I did meet Freddie with one eye. Yes. And um, I had been consulting an animal communicator, and I told her that I wanted to know some things about what happened with him, and she told me what to do. And when I did it, I was communicating with them, just like that. Yeah,
0: just like that. In one but second. A,
1: but at the time, I did not believe that I was communicating. And you with didn't. Him. No.
0: What did you think? You were thinking you were just making it up. No, I didn't like think I, I was, was making it
1: up. I, I don't know what I thought, but I didn't. What did
0: she tell you to do? Like light a candle and no jump uh, up and down on one leg, anything uh, like that?
1: And let me just pref- preface what I'm going to say with this: everyone can do this. We all, we all were born with the ability to do this. We've just forgotten how to do it. Okay. What we have to do is get rid of the disbelief that we can't do it. Okay, and so that, if okay, I believe it, so how do you do it? How do you do it? Is you have to be in a position of of receptivity where you are able to open yourself to receive, and then know that you are receiving. Ask a question and accept the answer that you get. It's as simple as that.
0: Okay, so I want to communicate with. A living. Can I can do this with a living animal or you can do it with living
1: animal? or deceased. You have first of all, you have to intend to make the connect, connection.
0: Okay, I love talking to my dog. I have a dog, a great dog. He mm-hmm. hangs out with me all day, mm-hmm. and we have you know, communication. Mostly, it's one way where he looks at me and says, "I need to eat something. I need to go outside, or you need to, you know, come mm-hmm. and look at this out the window because the mailman's screwing around with the mailbox again." Could I have a deeper communication with him? That's Absolutely. about the level. That's about all we talk about, really.
1: Yes, you could.
0: And and if I asked him a question, he would be able to give me an answer to it? I mean, something more interesting? than yes. What do you think about...
1: Right. Something
0: Squirrels. Like? Squirrels. Now, what could I ask him, really, seriously, for a minute? Because okay. I have no one to talk to all day except Would you the like me to give you an example? Yeah.
1: Okay. A- an animal that I communicated with, a cat, was grieving. And... In the process of finding out why he was grieving, I learned that he had a bat friend that he had been um, hunting with and in a, c- a cat a cat had a friend who had a bat. friend who was a bat and okay. they had been hunting together. The okay. bat had been hurt or was sick in some way and was dying, and the cat was very sad about that now that's something that you can find out
0: Hmm. okay, that would be. It. Quite a breakthrough. If, so if my dog was hanging out with bats. So I'd enjoy yeah, that. Sure, it'd be a good story. So
1: the most, the most important thing in learning other things from your animals is to respect them and believe that they and know know that they have things to tell you, and they do. Plenty.
0: So are you going to go home and talk to the rat, Sasha? Yeah.
4: Oh no, totally. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's interesting because I had um, an experience with uh, a rat. It's funny because I had these two rats and, and they both escaped and they they really like planned these things together. Like, all right, we're gonna make an escape, you know. And they lucky
0: just, and ugly, or there's two other ones.
4: No, it was it was uh, it was lucky and a different one. <laughs>
0: not
4: and, so lucky. Um, not so not so lucky and lucky and not so lucky, and they both got out of the house one day and escaped and. Um, uh, and we're gone for almost two weeks. And I'm thinking, like, oh, this is the end of it. They're, you know, they're lost and then roaming the streets, you know. And they're two domesticated rats that, like, love humans and will run up to you and try to play with you. And they're, you know, one of them was white and one of them is dark with little white spots. Anyway, um, but it turns out Lucky came back to me and the one that was white... Never showed up again, and lucky found her way back to my apartment. It blew my mind complete the other end of the apartment building where i 'd never hardly ever go out. My friend came over one day and you know i opened the, the back you door You out is that what you're saying well no no i mean I, there's a, there's a separate entrance to my apartment oh you hardly
0: ever go out that particular that door particular not that door you hardly and... ever go out of the house okay. no, the no, no. Okay. <laughs> i go out a lot
4: too much um, but yeah and there was one rat and then the other one was gone and that was the white rat which probably i'm assuming was attacked by a, a scat, you know a cat or a did a you think to ask
0: lucky what happened to the white rat well no but i could tell no, lucky you can't.
4: was i mean i can tell lucky was grieving I mean, there was a serious, like, you know, like you, I felt like she had, you know, been through something. or mm-hmm. It was very clear to me, so.
0: Wow, there you go. So you could go home and ask what actually happened yeah. to the white rat, and maybe you, you'd have to believe, as long as you believe that the rat was going to tell you the truth, can you really trust a rat, oh, though? And they do lie. They do lie. Sometimes, yes. All animals are just rats. No,
1: no. It depends. They all have different personalities. Yeah. Now, no, really that's, that's trying that a whole sci- curveball. Yeah. Scientifically
0: yeah. proven. Yeah. It's There's, been scientifically proven that yeah, animals there was, lie.
2: There was, a, uh, there was a, oh. a chimp named Lucy, and she... There was a chimp named Lucy, and... Another a song title project, for you, by the way. Right, chimp she, named Lucy, she, yes. I think her name was Lucy or Mary. She, she lied. They asked who pottied on the floor in sign language, because she knew sign. And she yeah. said, someone else... She, she named the lady who took care of her. She was there like a half hour before. <laughs> the lady did it. And,
0: yeah, the lady did it. The human took her crap on the floor, not me. Why do they always blame the monkey? <laughs> well, you guys, thank you so much. It's been an, an enlightening hour. Yeah. Yeah, that it has passed already.
3: Absolutely, thank you.
0: It's been a very happy hour, indeed. Thank you very much, Matthew Name. Thank you very much, Fawn Fenderson. Thank you, Graham. James Westphile. And Sasha Mazakowski. Thank you. A very interesting hour. We have links to all you guys' information on our website, on neworleans.com. It's been a great happy hour here at the Collins Hotel. The Collins Hotel is at 3811 St. Charles Avenue, a great place to come and have a drink with us or with your own friends anytime, or come and stay if you're coming to New Orleans. The producers of our show are Melinda Hawes, Trish Kaufman, and Nicole Howard. Our executive producer is Tanya Castellanos. Mitch Cryer is our technical director, and Christian Unruh. Does all our musical direction Our web designer And our link to the real world In every way As Cliff Brigden Our theme tune Is being played right now And was written by Mitch Foreman If you'd like to be on our show And you can stay upright For about an hour In a chair And speak preferably English Come on down Give us a call At itsneworleans At gmail.com Well I guess that's not really A call so much As an email We're here live at the Columns at 4 o'clock every Thursday afternoon. Come and join us. And if you're listening online right now, check out our other Happy Hours and also our other shows, including Psych Ward on com. Until next time on Happy Hour, thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Morris.